Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. King David of Israel wrote the psalm that we just read a moment ago. He starts the psalm by stating his confidence in the Lord against the wicked. You know, though the Lord is light, he says. Though whom shall I fear, he says in the beginning of that psalm. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? The wicked, they stumbled and fell. And we see evidence of uh, uh, David having confidence in the Lord. And uh, in brief summarization of his priority and desire, he doesn't worry what's happening around him. And uh, through wars and battles and conflicts, he believed in God. He believed that God will take care of him. But he does share his great priority and desire in life. It's not war, it's not battle, it's not the people that is giving conflicts in his life. But it's very simple, it's very clear. He says here in verse 4, he desired one thing. He desired one thing. It says that I made well in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. It's very obvious that King David had a very simple desire and priority in his life. What was that simple priority, the simple desire? It was to be with his Lord. Abide in his presence and have a daily devotion with him. You know, our lives are complex as it is and it's sometimes confusing. And what we need is not more of this world, but I believe we need more of God. And we need Jesus Christ more than ever before. The hectic and the busy world does not help our lives to be better, but worse. A research psychologist named Dr. John Calhoun at the National Institute of Mental Health was convinced that he could prove his theory of uh, 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 his theory from a cage full of mice. And his theory was that overcrowded condition like a terrible, uh, uh, would take a terrible toll on humanity. Dr. Calhoun built a nine-foot square cage for selected mice. He observed them closely as their population grew. He started with eight mice. The cage was designed to contain comfortably a population of 160 mice. He allowed the mice to grow, however, to a population of 2,200. Remember, the max is 160. But he allowed it to grow up to 2,200. They were not deprived of any license city as uh, 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 maybe food or water or other resources. But the only thing they had was privacy. A space to be all alone. Even the temperature uh, was maintained perfectly. No disease was present. And uh, all mortality factors except aging were eliminated. And the population reached its peak at 2,200 after about two and a half years. After five years, the result was very significant. Every mouse died. Every mouse died in that cage. Food was provided. Water was provided. I mean, atmosphere where there was no disease. Perfect temperature all the time. And every mouse had died after five years. 
And as we think about that analogy or even that research, just because we're so busy with interactions and relations in life, that this does not mean we are getting better. Yes, we need relationship, I believe in that, but the trouble is that we are neglecting the most precious and the most powerful relationship that should be, do, that should be done in a, uh, a secluded area, and that relationship is with our God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And our relationship with God demands a time of solitude. This busy world is not going to help us to meet with the Lord. No, we need to get away from the world for a while. We need to get away from the demands of the world and the schedule thereof and to meet with our God every single day. And we need Him every single day. Uh, one of the Bible figures that stands out at the beginning of the book of Genesis is, the, by the, is, is a person by the name Enoch. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, it says, And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. Yes, we understand that walking with God has to do with more than a daily devotion. We understand that. But it is a big part of it. Enoch's testimony is very simple, but yet memorable and powerful. He walked with God. He spent his life and time and devotion to his almighty God. And I'm sure there are many things that he did. I'm sure he built his house. I'm sure he has some farm or maybe some agricultural life. And I'm sure he had big family. I'm sure he had many children. But the Bible uh, is very clear in giving one emphasis. And one emphasis was that, hey, he walked with the Lord. A simple life, but a very profound life, very worthy life. Why? Because he found his time with his God. Was he living in a busy world? I'm sure. Was he uh, in every way uh, 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 given a lot of tasks in his life? I'm sure. I mean, people in those days lived not just 80 years, but more than 100 or 200 and 300. I mean, Adam lived until uh, over 900 years. And you think that your life is busy. I mean, can you imagine all the children that they had and all the grandkids? And, and can you imagine all the work that they had to accomplish in their life? And year after year, I mean, life keeps going and going and going. But we see Enoch in his life had a priority, and that priority was to be with the Lord. And one day God said, hey, I want to take you home. And, uh, and I'm sure Enoch asked, I know where to go. I, I, I know where my house is. And I'm sure God said, no, I want you to be in the real home. I want you to be with me. And uh, he was translated, the Bible says, he never had to face that. And what a great testimony that is. William Wilberforce, a Christian statesman of Great Britain in the 18th and 19th centuries, and this was a man who uh, fought against slavery in England, he once said, I must secure more time for private devotions. I have been living far too public for me. The shortening of private devotions starves a soul. It grows lean and faint. Following a failure in Parliament, he also remarked that his problem may have been due to the fact that he spent less and less time in his private devotion in which he could earnestly seek the will of God. He concluded, God allowed me to stumble." He was humble enough to say when he failed in Parliament, hey, it's because I lack my devotion with my God. I lack my Bible reading. I lack my prayer time with my Savior, Jesus Christ. And by the way, he was a politician. It would be great if you have some politician this November who has the same fear, amen? 
And you pray for our country that we have some people who fear the Lord and, and who do have their private time with the Lord Jesus Christ and who read their Bible. Because without God, we're nothing. And without God, we can do nothing. And ladies and gentlemen, in our private lives, that's the same thing. Without God, we can do nothing as well. And, and without God, we can be nothing. And the simple desire of David is also found in and this was uh, 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 written when he was in the wilderness of Judah. In Psalm 63, verse 1, I quote for you, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Yes, he was in the wilderness, but his focus was not on the physical, but on the spiritual. He did not thirst for water, but he thirsted for God. He said, I need you more than my physical necessities. That reminds us of Christ when he said in the wilderness as well, in Luke chapter 4, verse 4, as he was, as he was being tempted by the devil, and Jesus answered him saying, it is written, the man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Yes, you might have your physical needs met every single week and every single day, and I'm sure you had your meal today, I'm sure you have your lunch meal and dinner meal, and I'm sure you'll be full, I'm sure you'll be satisfied, but I hope you have this longing. You're not uh, uh, looking for the temporary satisfaction of this world, just as food or monetary gain. No, your greatest satisfaction is spending time with our God. And you spend time with Him not just on a, a sporadic basis, but every single day, and you dedicate your life to Jesus Christ because you need the Word of God every day, and you need Him every day. You know, many seek for the temporal and the physical necessities of this world when the greatest need for all people is the spiritual. This can be met when we meet with the Lord, daily being refreshed by His presence, daily being fed by His Word. You know, as we are so busy and filled with to-do lists, we must wonder if God is ever found on that list. I remember when I was uh, in a different church, and uh, I was a staff there, and uh, the senior pastor had all the staff who never got through a, uh, 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 I guess, a, uh, 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 not a convention, but maybe a session, I'm sorry, yeah, a session about how to schedule your life, and this expert came along, and and uh, 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 this is a secular person and uh, 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 a company that uh, deals with uh, how to organize in your life. And, and I remember him coming and that person coming and just giving us a session for two hours and how you could prioritize different tasks and different things in your life. And, and uh, uh, he said, the number one thing that you do in your life should be the most important. So write down what's the most important thing in your life. Now, I had an organizer before, and I had all these different tasks, things that I uh, wrote down, and uh, different ministries and different tasks for my families and all these things. And, uh, but that statement just captured me, and I realized that, hey, I never had put down my walk with the Lord actually on the schedule. Now, I had my time with the Lord every single day, and I still do. But I never put it down on my schedule and never thought it to be part of the schedule that I need to focus on because it's already in my life. But that, that session helped me to recognize, hey, for me to write it down reminds me what is the most important. 
As I look at all the lists of things I need to do every single day, hey, I see that first thing, and I realize, hey, if I spend time with the Lord, and I have faith in knowing that God will take care of all the things uh, uh, that I am burdened about, or maybe uh, the things that I need to do for the rest of the day, and, and that kind of reminded me how important it was, and, and let's remember that uh, 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 meeting with our God uh, uh, is very crucial, and, and uh, for us to remind ourselves every single day, I believe it's going to be a great help to us, and you might be doing it like I have done before, but to write it down I believe it's a great, wonderful, refreshing reminder to recognize all the responsibility hangs on that one simple responsibility, and that simple responsibility is to be with the Lord. And, uh, and I think about what Martin Luther, the German reformer, who said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. I have so much to do that I shall pray three hours in the beginning of the day. And many people, I have so much to do. Hey, I don't have time for devotion. I don't have time to have lengthy prayer with the Lord. And I just got to do it. I just got to just get the task done. And many people could say, I, I have a very complicated schedule in front of me. And, uh, but I believe that complication could be wrapped up into simplicity if you just simply meet with the Lord and and ask for his guidance and ask for his help. A simple devotion will solve many of our problems. And uh, this morning, what are we to know about the simple devotion that we often ignore, but we often need? I'd like to share with you three simple benefits that we gain as we meet with our God every single day. And, and I don't know if the AC is on in the back. If I could ask maybe one of the ushers to turn on the AC and maybe around 70 degrees, that'd be great. And, uh, but first of all, our God gives us a simple presentation, a simple presentation. In Proverbs 22, look, look, look at verse 20 with me in 21. It says, Have not I written to thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge that might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth? You know, we serve a God who is not the author of confusion. And that when we meet with him, he makes us to know the certainty of his truth. He's not going to confuse us with what he says in this book and what he wants to let us know of. And we need to simply admit that we are lacking in God's presence and God's blessings due to our simple neglection of his truth and knowledge. It's not the presentation that's the problem, but we approaching the word of God that's the problem. I think about Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee. The reason why we don't know God's will. The reason why we make the wrong decision, the reason why we always get into the tempter snare, and the reason why we're complicated with sinfulness is because we're rejecting his knowledge and his truth. And the only way to get his truth is through his word. Cannot rely on your heart, my friend. Your heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. You need the word of God. You need the word of God to cleanse you. You need the word of God to give you the direction. And the word of God is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my, fa- a lamp unto my, fa- uh, pa- uh, lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And you need God's word, my friend. And uh, Jesus Christ said it very clearly, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And if you know, if you want to know the truth, a way of living your life, hey, make sure you read the word of God. You need the scripture. 
And uh, a lot of answers are in this book. If you simply go to it, and God will not confuse you with this truth, he will have simple presentation so that you may truly apply it in your life and to live it according to thereof. And, uh, you know, the country uh, that we enjoy and love is lacking in the knowledge of the Bible. And, uh, and I believe that's why there's so many open and rebellious sin in the land. And uh, our country, a lot of people think, hey, uh, there's nothing wrong with us, but there's a lot of things wrong with us. If you just look at very closely at what's going on in this country, ladies and gentlemen, we are becoming more sinful. We're tolerating a lot of different sins into this land, and, and we're allowing it to penetrate through the churches as well. And many preachers are preaching flowery messages rather than repentance. And we need to uh, make sure we speak the truth the truth, the word of God in love, of course, but we need to speak the truth. And that's very important. And, and I believe when truth comes, sinners repent. And, uh, and, and, and we need our country to be revived again. And, and of course, God is the one that could do that. But uh, uh, one of the uh, major crises that is happening in this country is that many people are uh, uh, lacking in the knowledge of the Bible. And uh, I'm sure many of you... Uh, 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 older generations remember when you're going up in school that it was okay to read the Bible. That it was okay for teachers to mention the scripture and, and, uh, and even uh, the principles to read the Bible maybe through a uh, different uh, uh, gathering within the school. And, and, uh, but uh, 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 there was a, uh, a Supreme Court rule where the Bible was banned and prayer is banned. And that's why we're having trouble in our public school system and and that's why many people, uh, 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 many kids and students are hostile situation. Why? They don't know the Ten Commandments. They don't know the truth of God's Word. They don't know what's right and wrong. And, and they have teachers just teaching whatever uh, they feel like. And, and uh, hey, if it feels good, do it. And, uh, and, and, and they're lacking in the knowledge of the Word of God. And, and we see generation after generation now, people not knowing who Jesus is, not knowing uh, who God is, and not knowing even Adam and Eve, not knowing even the serpent, and not knowing who the devil is. And there was a study done for Americans in the knowledge of the Bible. According to the Berna Research Group in their studies, uh, 60% of Americans can't name even the five of the Ten Commandments. Fewer than half of all adults can name the four Gospels as well. And uh, according to 82% of Americans, God helped those who helped themselves. They believe that it's a Bible verse. But it's not found in the Bible. And the 82% of Americans believe that statement is a Bible verse. And by the way, what a very selfish uh, 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 quote that people could live by. And, uh, you know, God helped those who helped themselves. And uh, we are living in the last days who are, are men who are loving their own selves and, and worshiping their own selves. And, and the Paul also indicated that at least 12% of adults believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. You might say 12%, that's very little. But let's think about it, 12% compared to 300 million people, that's 36 million people. They think that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. They even get the spelling wrong, I think. This is America. And by other countries, we're called a Christian country. 
Another survey of graduating high school seniors revealed that over 50% thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. A considerable number of responded to one poll indicated that the Sermon on the Mount was preached by Billy Graham. It was preached by who? Jesus Christ. It's a big news for us, I know. But Jesus Christ preached the Sermon on the Mount, not Billy Graham. I'm sorry, well, how come it's, uh, it's not, the percent is not there? I apologize. But, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm simply saying it's amazing what people are, are, are thinking and, and, and perce- uh, uh, perceiving. And according to 81% now of Christians, God, who, uh, God helped those who helped themselves, a Bible verse, 81%, 81% Christians uh, uh, believe that statement, like I just quoted a moment ago, believe that that's a Bible verse. And Christians only did better by 1%. God help us. Christians are lacking in the Word of God. One poll also indicates that many Christians cannot identify more than two or three of the disciples. Ladies and gentlemen, this country has rejected this book. Even some Christians have been ignorant of this book, so God has rejected us. You might say, that's very harsh. Can I quote for you again? Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee. I'll let you go. I'll let you do whatever you want to do. You rejected my knowledge, rejected my truth, and I will get you to uh, sit, uh, I'll get you to uh, uh, bring curse upon your land, and, and you will not have my blessings. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we need more of God's enlightenment. And we need more people in this land to approach the light, uh, 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 the light of the world, which is our God, and, and also the scripture to reveal within us how sinful we are and, and how wicked we are and, and repent from our ways and to cling to our God and so that we may truly live a life of blessing according to the, obedient, uh, 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 according to the obedience that God has called us in the scripture and we need more of God's light. I want to encourage you not to be ignorant of his word and, and not neglect the time of devotion in reading his word every single day. And if you're a born-again Christian, then the Holy Spirit of God will give you illumination and understanding. And God will give you simple presentations so that you may know the truth. And, and this Bible right here, the, I have a King James Version right now. Did you know the study has revealed that this is a fourth grade level reading? not that hard. And uh, you know, I want you to know that uh, uh, the scripture is not hard to read. The reason why it's so hard is because you have never really read it and deeply and also uh, with attention. And uh, I guarantee you, you just read this every single day for a month. I believe that it'd be a very easy reading and really easy comprehension. And I believe that God will speak to your heart. Yes, for me, when I was 18 years old, I decided to start a I started to read God's Word more uh, 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 seriously. And, and when I approached the King James Bible, I know all the Dows and the E's kind of confused me, but I just knew that it was a, a better translation out of all the different Bibles out there. And, and I stuck to it. I remember the first three or five times, I couldn't really understand what's, what was going on. 
but I think by uh, uh, end of the week, I started comprehending uh, every other verse, and then I, uh, after the month was done, I was comprehending every single word that the Bible had to say, and I believe it's not because I was so intellectual, not because I was uh, in any way uh, smart, but the Holy Spirit of God helped me and gave me understanding, and not only that, gave me applications so I could live thereby. And Lee Sherman, hey, just because I'm a pastor, that doesn't mean I have all the uh, uh, good explanations and all the good interpretation on this corner over here. No, the scripture is not any of private interpretation. And uh, you could read this word of God on your own, and, and uh, I don't need to uh, keep this word of God from you. No, you have your Bible at home, and you could uh, go to God and ask God for understanding, and he will give you illumination, and he will give you truth to live by. And you could even be a better Christian than me. Better not. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just telling you right now that we're all equal. We're all saved by grace. Don't you ever think that, hey, reading the Bible and memorizing the scripture and studying the Bible is the pastor's job. No, it's every Christian's job. Every believer needs to receive the milk of God's word. I remember the story of Pat Irishman, and I kind of I told this story before, and, and uh, he went to the Catholic Church many times, and he heard, he heard the word of God, and he had a good relationship with the priest, and then and one day he got born again, he got saved, and someone preached the gospel to him, and, and he started reading the word of God on his own, and then he went <coughs> back to the priest, and he said, I've been reading God's word on my own, and the priest said, no, you can't do that. You can't comprehend what's saying here. I have to comprehend that for you. You don't know what's going on in this book. I need to explain it to you. And he said, but I've been reading it. I've been comprehending. I've been understanding. And, and then the priest said, I want you to know. Uh, let me give you an analogy. Hey, I'm the milkman. And I squeeze the milk from the cow and I deliver the milk to you. And the Pat Irishman looked up and said, well, I got my own cow. And ladies and gentlemen, you got your own cow, I got my own cow. And you could get the milk of God's word every single day, not just on Sunday, not just in Life Connection, not just on Sunday night, not just on Wednesday night, but every single day you could read God's word and that simple presentation of, uh, uh, by the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, by the Holy Spirit will give you truth and will give you knowledge and you can live for God. I think about uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might, we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man and wisdom teach it, but which the Holy Ghost teach it, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You know, Holy Spirit is a teacher, and the Bible says that, hey, I will give you understanding, and, uh, and I will let you know what I am talking about here in the Scripture, and and what I'm talking about in my truth. And by the way, it says here, freely given to us by God. Isn't that wonderful? It's by God's grace that we get to know his truth. It's freely given. You don't need to pay any price. Jesus Christ paid it all, and he opened up the door for us. And that you could go to him, and, and the Holy Spirit of God, who resides in you, give you that teaching, teaching and that understanding. I think about John 16, verse 13, and, and God promises here, Jesus Christ says, Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. And the Holy Spirit of God will also give you the understanding how you can receive Christ and be on your way to heaven as well. 
And if you have never received Jesus, if you have never understood the gospel, I want you to know it is very simple. And, uh, and, and it is written in the Word of God. In John 20, verse 30, it says, But these are written, the Scripture, that you might believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and believing you might have life through His name. In 1 John 5, 13, These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. You see, the gospel presentation is very simple presentation, and it's written in the Scripture, and that's why we have the Bible and faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And let me tell you what the gospel is all about. Gospel is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the perfect Savior, came down 2,000 years ago. And he died on the cross, not for his sins, because he was sinless. But he died for your sins, and your iniquities, and your transgression. Because with your sins, the Bible says, you deserve a second death. We're going to Revelation chapter 3. And, uh, and, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And, 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 and second death is called a lake of fire, the Bible says. And you see, as sinners, we deserve the lake of fire, which is hell. But Jesus Christ came down. He died on that cross. He paid the price for your sins. And that he is willing to cleanse all of your sins away if you just come to him. But not only that, as he was buried, he rose again on the third day. And he's a living Savior. And he wants to intercede for you. And he wants to give you salvation even today. And if you have never received Christ as your personal Savior, and if you have never understood how you could go to heaven, I encourage you to raise your hand after the service is over, and that you could truly receive Christ simply knowing that he died on the cross, knowing that he's the one uh, 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 that provides salvation, and that he's the one that gives away the truth and the life so that you could go to heaven. And not by works, not by a creed, not by church doctrine or any church dedication. No, through believing Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Believing that he's the one. You don't go to heaven through an institute. You go to heaven through a person. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And ladies and gentlemen, there is nobody in this world that could take you to go to heaven except for Jesus. Not Allah, not Muhammad, not Hinduism, not Buddhism. Doesn't matter what kind of philosophy and teachings out there, Jesus says, I am the only way. I am the only truth. I am the only life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's a simple truth. You might be thinking there's got to be more than that. No, that's it. Nothing more. You can't add to Jesus Christ. He is perfect. And he gave a perfect sacrifice. And he gives a perfect way to go to heaven. You don't need more than Jesus Christ. You only need Jesus Christ. Oh, I want to encourage you, if you have never received him, receive that simple presentation of the gospel today. Receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's not hard to understand. It's very simple. And God wants you to be saved. Oh, as Christian, make sure you dive into the word of God every day and receive that simple presentation too. And then secondly, not only the simple application, not only a simple presentation, but simple application. And then in uh, chapter 2, verse 2, the Bible says here, uh, So that thy, incline thy ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart unto understanding. In Proverbs 23, verse 12, Apply thine heart unto instruction, and thy ear to the word of knowledge. And uh, you see, the Bible is very clear. Apply the knowledge I've given you, the wisdom I've given you, Apply it to your heart. 
Apply it to your heart. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 8, 1, knowledge puppeth up. What does that mean? Knowledge alone will give you pride. It could become very dangerous. And the Word of God is very simple in its application. Apply it to your heart and make sure you embrace it. Make sure you own it. Make sure it's part of you. And make sure you love it. Apply it to your heart. This is a very good thought this morning. Do you, do you love His truth? Do you love this book? Do you love devotion with Him? Do you love God? Devotion is based on love. It's not based on duty or what you have to do. It's based on love. That's the basis of our relationship with God. It's love. You see, we seem to complicate it too much. If we truly love God, then we will apply his truth and knowledge in our hearts. Our devotion will not only be a duty, but a desire. And we will revisit the scripture throughout the day and apply it to our hearts. And I think about Psalm 119. It says here, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. He says again, verse 113, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. In 163, I hate a poor lying, but thy law do I love. It's very obvious that the psalmist loved his devotion with his God. Do you love devotion with God? You wake up in the morning and say, oh, man, I've got to read my Bible. The reason why is because you, did not, you, you haven't applied it to your heart. You haven't received it in your heart. You haven't had revival. You, need, you, you haven't had that uh, uh, thirst quench in your life. And, and uh, by the uh, Spirit of God's help and by the Spirit of God's application, and it's been a duty in your life just to read it over and over again. And I want to encourage you to apply it to your heart and ask God to help you with that and meet with God and read His Word and believe His Word and truly apply it so that your heart could change and that your life could change and that you could revisit once again tomorrow morning and say, wow, I'm expecting more from you. And I'm ready to receive it. Apply it to your heart. This will go a long way than trying to question everything and, and also complicate everything. Just apply it to your heart. You know, uh, many times we try to reason and, and believe in reason, believe in our own understanding. But God says, trust the Lord with all thine heart and lead not unto thy own understanding. God says, cancel out what you are questioning and what you're reasoning Rely on me, rely on my truth, rely on my everlasting arm. Not only that, number three, a simple recollection. James chapter 1, verse 22, verse, down to verse 25. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man holding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth this way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But so look at them, the perfect law of liberty, and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You know, devotion doesn't have to be a slot of time. To, to be honest, it shouldn't be. We shouldn't just meet uh, a God in the morning and forget him for the rest of the day. And there must be a recollection of our meeting with God. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 1 as well, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart Keep my commandments. Apply it to your heart again. Revisit. Don't forget. 
Going back to James, what I just read a moment ago, the best remedy of Christian forgetfulness is Christian obedience. The reason why you forget the Bible, you forget what you have heard or what you have been taught, is because you forgot to obey it. That's what James says here. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 16, verse 3, Commit thy work unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. We need God throughout the day, not just part of the day. And we need to obey God, not just part of the morning, but throughout the day. Because we're sinners by nature. Did you know we sin every day? Did you know our minds wander into sin? Our thoughts and our hearts. And we need God's cleansing and God's help and God's direction, not just portion of the day, but throughout the day. And that's important. That's why it's important for you to memorize the scripture. And uh, I, 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 I've been... Uh, uh, doing my old habit again, and, and uh, I've been losing concentration as, I read, as I've been reading God's Word just lately, and so I need to get my concentration back. So I've been uh, 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 reading it more slower, and as I was reading my devotion, I've been in my journal writing down all the Scripture that God spoke to my heart. And uh, I've been writing it down. I didn't put any application or side notes. No, I just wrote down God's Word, and, and throughout the day, I'm, I'm working, I look back in my journal, and Remind myself what I have written and, and, uh, and, and what I have written from the scripture and remind, remind myself what God has spoken in my heart. I used to do that with the 3 by 5 card when I was a little younger going about different work and stuff like that. I used to have a 3 by 5 card when I was working in the kitchen. I put it in my back pocket and the scripture that I read that morning, if there's one or two verses, I'll put it on that, on that little 3 by 5 flash card and keep it in my pocket. And if I go through something throughout the day, I remind myself to just look at that scripture. Why? Because I need the Word of God. I need it. And I need Him to guide me. I, I, I could easily forget His Word. I need to daily remind myself what God spoke to my heart. Remind yourself of that. The living God who lives in the pinnacle of heaven reached down to your heart and spoke to you through the Scripture and that you just leave it behind uh, uh, in your room and never remind yourself again throughout the day. How dare we do that, my friend? It's a special moment when God speaks to your heart. It's a special moment when God reveals something in the Bible and speaks to you. Hey, God of heaven, out of all the things in the universe, paid attention to your devotion, and he spoke to you. How dare you forget it throughout the day? Oh, I want to encourage you. Meet with God every day, but also remind yourself of how you met with God every day. Would you let God lead you, not just part of the day, but throughout the day? You, let, you live a very complicated life, and many of you work maybe 10 hours, 12 hours. And maybe many of you go through traffic every single day, maybe hour or two hours, maybe even three hours. And you live a very busy and hectic life. I thank you for being here this morning, and thank you for taking heed to God's Word, and thank you for being in life connection. And many of you who do come on Wednesday night, I thank you for being faithful, and, and, and you're being faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're taking heed to God's Word and the preaching uh, as well. And, and, and I, 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 I notice your faithfulness to His Word, and, uh, but I just want to keep on encouraging you that your dedication to His Word and your dedication to devotion is not in vain as you live this hectic and busy life. You need this simple devotion to tackle on the complexity of life. You need that simple meeting with the Lord. A lot of things are going wrong in this world, but everything could go right in your heart 
if you abide in the Lord, if you abide in his devotion? Would you let the Lord steer your lifeboat? I think about what Henry Beecher once said, the first hour of the morning is a rudder of the day. The first hour of the morning is a rudder of the day. What is a rudder? Rudder is part of the boat where it steers and directs where the boat should go. And ladies and gentlemen, the first hour, how you spend it, what you're thinking, what you do, it's going to steer you into a direction. And I want to encourage you to make that first hour or even that first 30 minutes or even that first 15 minutes and spend it with the Lord and write down what God has spoken to your heart and remind yourself to obey it and, uh, and, 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 and to uh, abide by it so that you not be a forgetful hearer. And when you're a forgetful hearer, guess what happens? The Bible says that you are forgetting who you are. You're forgetting who, how God has made you. And ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure that we recognize how God wishes to help you and guide you in your life so that you know who you are and how you should act and how you should behave. Simple devotion will go a long way. We just simply do it, even tomorrow morning, or even tonight, even tonight. 